thanks for being here today. Uh, one thing I also wanted to remind us of, is if you came in in the foyer this morning, uh, they put together a little display. The creative team did a great job. There's two buckets out there. Uh, earlier in June, I talked about this being an intentional summer, setting some goals and saying, this is what I want to accomplish by the end of the summer. How many of you know summer is flying by? We're about halfway through the summer already. We are in August. If you forgot to change your calendars, it's August. So I wanted to check in to see how we're doing with being intentional about our summer. So the buckets in the foyer, one of them says to do, and one of them says done. So there's, there's a marker and some sticks that you can actually write what your goals were. If you already finished a goal, write it on a stick out there and drop it in the bucket that says done. If you've still got some things you're working on, some goals that you wanted to be intentional about this summer, write them on a stick and drop them in the bucket that says to do. And uh, at the end of August or beginning of September, we'll have a little celebration for how many uh, of our goals that we accomplished, how full that bucket is that says done. So when you're on your way out this morning, there's a couple things I'll ask you to do, but one of them is if you could stop by and say, hey, these are the goals that I was working on this summer. I'm either still working or I finished it and checked it off. Uh, I, was, I was excited because I actually came, because you guys aren't here during the week, but I am. So I, I wrote a couple goals and put them in the buckets. And I, I'm going to go out after service and move one from the to-do list to the done list. So I was very excited about the opportunity to do that. So uh, that's what those buckets are out there in the foyer if you see those. So today, uh, we're starting a new series today. And the question that I have for you to start off this series is, do you ever get discouraged watching the news or seeing what happens in your relationships with your family, in your neighborhood, in the city around you? How many of you have ever had, it's okay to admit that in church, you've, you've maybe even just had a pang of discouragement that hits you when you see what's going on around you and you wonder, you know, could I really do anything about that? Man, there's something I feel for what's going on in our communities and our neighborhoods. There's, somebody ought to do something and help with the situations that are going on in the world. And sometimes I think if we're not careful, we disqualify ourselves from doing anything because we think we don't have anything to offer or we don't think we're good enough or we don't think we're trained enough. And how could we possibly help those people? In fact, I saw a quote from John Stott. Uh, He was an Anglican uh, theologian. He said, the Christian's chief occupational hazards are depression and discouragement. And I think that can be very true. If we're not careful, we slide into this place of thinking, I can't do anything. I'm discouraged about it. I'm going to be depressed about it. The world is just awful, and that's the way it's going to have to stay. And that's part of why that feeling that I just described is part of why we're starting this series today called Heroes. Because God is sending us into those situations because we can do something about it. We all have the ability because we carry Jesus with us. Come on. If you are a Christian this morning, if you believe in Jesus, you have the ability to do something about those situations that could be discouraging to other people. There are some heroes in the building this morning. Uh, There are enough heroes in this room to turn the world upside down. Imagine what we could do in southwestern Pittsburgh if we got our act together and really believed what Jesus says about us and the message that we carry into the world. Uh, I, I was reminded as we're getting ready for this series, how many of you know who Larry Boy was? 
Uh, all the parents that had young children or the people that liked Veggie Tales, you know who I'm talking about. Larry the Cucumber, uh, he was a superhero in some of the episodes. He had an alter ego called Larry Boy, and he would go around and save the day with his plunger suction ears. And so Larry Boy, his big famous quote was, the world needs a hero, and I am that hero. Come on, I think, can we, uh, can we read Larry's quote together this morning? Just see how it sounds coming off your lips. Come on. The world needs a hero, and I am that hero. Come on. This morning, I want to tell you that you are a hero. You have the capacity within you. Come on. Right off the bat for this series, I want to make it very clear. I'm not saying this because it's self-help or just promoting our, our human effort. You are a hero because Jesus Christ lives inside of you. We talked about it last week in the, as we wrapped up the Thrive series. He put his spirit inside of us. That transforms us and makes us the, it gives us the ability to be heroes in any situation that we walk into. Come on, just say it one more time. I am a hero. I am a hero. I'm praying that by the end of this series, we actually believe that. And we begin to act like it in the places we go. The Bible is filled with heroic things that happen. Stories that you just look at and you marvel at them. How, how did that work out? That's amazing. How could somebody do that? And the common thread in almost every story in the Bible is that there's ordinary people at the center of it. Come on, big, big God that did amazing things, but he always did it through ordinary people that just said yes to him, that just grasped for a moment. You know, when, when I walk into the room and God is on my side, I am never outnumbered. Come on, no, no matter what's going on, anywhere that I go, I'm on the winning team because he's with me everywhere. And the Bible is full of ordinary people that grasp that just enough to take a little step of faith to say, yes, I serve a big God and he's with me wherever I go. And that qualifies us. All these ordinary people, they saw things happen because God was with them. He takes ordinary people and turns them into heroes. And uh, he's, he's not on the level with John Stott for theology, but, but the great uh, icon of America, Dave Grohl, in one of his songs said, there goes my hero, he's ordinary. How many of you are Foo, closet Foo Fighter fans? All right, I got at least four people that raised their hands this morning. Uh, they had a song years ago that that was the course of, my, of their song, there goes my hero, he's ordinary. And I thought, man, the guy, I don't even know where he stands with Jesus. Not, he might not even be a Christian, but he's got a grasp on what God does in the earth. He takes ordinary people that just trust him a little bit and he turns us into heroes. So how can I make that statement that we're all heroes? Is it just, do we all have secret superpowers that we don't know about? Is it just wishful thinking? Am I up here just, oh, I really hope people would act heroic in life? Is it like us telling our kids that everybody's a hero? Come on. Do we do do that too much with our kids today? I don't even know the answer to that. Do we tell them you're so special and then nobody's special? But everybody in this room, I, I can make that statement that we are heroes. I'm going to read a couple verses and then tell a story from the scripture this morning to talk about what heroes do. Uh, the first scripture I want to read is in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. I said, I pray that we all grasp that we are heroes by the end of this service or by the end of this series. And that's exactly what was on Paul's heart also. When he was writing to the churches, he was trying to stir them with the thought of this is what Jesus has done and who you are because of it. And Paul says this in Ephesians 1, 19, I pray that you will continually experience 
the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power. Come on, isn't that an amazing thought right there? That our lives would be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Man, that's what we're remembering and thinking about this morning as we shared communion, that Jesus really did something amazing, that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He broke the power of sin in our lives. He did these things, and we remembered it. And when he did those things, he gave that power to us. Come on, you are filled with power this morning. We have power, but it's not just any power. Come on, look at that verse, God's power immeasurable power, mighty power. That is what he's given us. And it it may not cause you to fly. It may not cause things to explode, but it is powerful because it can set people free from the work of the devil. It can heal, save, and deliver people. There is power that we carry that God gave to us because of what Jesus did on our behalf. Our lives are to be an advertisement of his power. You became a hero the moment Jesus came to live inside of you. Come on, some of us, we really need to hear that and get it into our believing system. However that works for you, if if it's going from your head to your heart, I don't know what you talk about, but some of us really need to hear that, that you became a hero the moment Jesus came to live in you. If you're in this place this morning and you've never started a relationship with Jesus, you can be a hero too. It's as simple as saying, hey, I believe, Jesus, what you did on the cross was for me. You're the son of God, and God raised you from the dead on the third day. Man, you just that easy, you can become a hero too. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, it says, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. He says, at one time, says we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view he says at one time we thought of christ merely from a human point of view how differently we know him now come on just let that sink in for a minute how differently we know jesus now verse 17 a famous verse that we always quote this means that anyone who belongs to christ has become a new person the old life is gone and the new life has begun Paul's telling the church in Corinth, stop relating to other believers as just plain humans. There's, there's something about, we take each other for granted, we look at each other, we're like, oh, that's just Rusty sitting there, it's just Mary sitting there, there's nothing special about them. Paul says, stop it. We used to think about Jesus that way. We used to think, oh, he's just a guy that, that was born in Bethlehem. He, he lived in Nazareth in Galilee for a while. He was, his dad was a carpenter. That's, that's Jesus. They used to regard him from solely a human point of view. And then Jesus showed them something different that turned their world upside down. He says, we know him different now. As they watched him, they realized he's not just a plain old human. There's something different. There's something unique. He's full of the power of God by the Holy Spirit. If we aren't careful... We start to think of each other just in terms of our humanity, where we work, who we're married to, what we do for a living. All those things are great. We don't stop doing any of those things. If your, your mortgage company really likes that you keep your job and you, you have something to do. But we can't just stop there when we relate to one another. There is something about who he's made us that we need to look at. We're more than just plain humans. I love 
there's a couple people in the church that every time they see you, how many of you have ever had this experience? Somebody in the church has greeted you as, oh, St. Steve, how are you doing this morning? Come on, is any, if you've been around New Life long enough, you probably met one or two of those people. Thank you if you're one of those people, because there's something about who we are in Christ that we need to be reminded of by each other. And if we're not careful, we keep relating to each other as mere humans, and we forget we need some encouragement about who we are and what Jesus has done in our lives. And we do have to be careful, because even, even superheroes sometimes have weaknesses, And uh, the same church, when Paul's writing them and telling them, hey, stop relating to each other as mere humans, think about them more than this, he got on their case. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3, he tells them, you are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? When one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? And here's a truth I want you to get out of that verse this morning. Arguing, complaining, and needing to be right is like kryptonite to us. Come on, how many of you remember what is kryptonite? Made Superman weak. He couldn't have his powers anymore. It took him from being super to being a mere human. It weakened him. That is our kryptonite. When we decide we're going to complain about things. When we decide we're going to argue. When I feel the need to be right. That's what the Corinthian church was doing. Hey, you got that teaching from Apollos, but I got it from Paul. So mine's better and I'm right. When we feel the need to be right. All those things are like kryptonite to us and they begin to weaken us. And the world looks at us and instead of seeing heroes that carry the life and the power of Christ into those situations, they see mere men. They say, man, what have you got that I need? I've I, I got people in my life that already complain and argue with me. Why do I need another one of you in my life? We have to be on our guard not to let those things creep in because then we start to act like mere men. And we lose our our abilities to be heroes to the world. Paul was writing this verse to a bunch of people that he also told them, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Stop relating to each other like mere men. And he's reminding them, stop this kind of behavior. Because it makes you look like mere men. There's no differentiation from the world when they look at us if we're doing those things. We are heroes, so let's believe it and begin to act like it. So each week during this series, I want to focus on something that heroes do and remind us that's, that's what we're called to do for the world and those situations that look discouraging from the outside. This is what we're called to do. And today, I want to look at a story from the Old Testament to give you one thing that heroes are supposed to do. And uh, in this story... There are a couple of great baby names available that aren't very common in the United States. So if you, if you want to use one of these for a baby name, you're welcome to do that. But today's story features Hezekiah and Sennacherib. Anybody have an Uncle Hezekiah? That one, that one might get at least one hand, but if I say anybody got a cousin Sennacherib, probably not so much, right? So those aren't taken. If you're, if you're pregnant and you're thinking about a baby name, there's a couple for you. Uh, but Hezekiah versus Sennacherib, they were both kings. Hezekiah was the king of Judah at the time. And his name literally means Jehovah is my strength. So, so he represents us in that story. He, he is a person that knows God is his strength. He, he has the capacity to be a hero because he knows the hero maker. Because God is with him and God is living with him. He was a real person just like us. Look at your neighbor and say, the Bible's full of real people. Come on, some, 
Sometimes we need to remember that. These, these are people that actually lived just like you and me, a uh, different, different period in history, but they were people just like us. They had all the same issues we have. They had the same relationships that they had to work through. They had the same things that broke in their lives. He was 25 when he became king. Come on, we, we're, even, we're trying to figure out how to keep our 25-year-olds on our health insurance, how to give them car insurance cheaply. He was 25 and he began to rule a whole nation. So he was elevated to king. His parents were not godly people. How many, how many of you know people that wrestled with that? Like, how am I ever supposed to know about Jesus and succeed in life because my parents weren't even Christians? Come on, if you've overcome that, you're a hero already. And so that was what, what Hezekiah had dealt with. His parents were unbelievers. They caused Judah to actually worship idols and follow false gods. And yet somehow through the midst of all of it, God had his hand on Hezekiah and he knew the Lord. So here he is ruling Judah, and Sennacherib was the king of Assyria, and he invaded Judah. He said, hey, you know, when your father was acting all wicked, he used to pay tribute to us. You stop paying tribute to us. We're going to come attack you. So Sennacherib and 200,000 of his closest friends who were fighting men and soldiers invaded Judah, and they came into the land. They said, hey, we want to know what's going on here. So Hezekiah, this, this, this story is in a couple places in the Bible, but the one we're going to look at today is in 2 Chronicles 32, if you want to go read the whole thing later. Uh, Hezekiah, because he saw this army with 200,000 people, uh, he did what any good king would do at 25. He and his people went and barricaded themselves inside Jerusalem. They, they went and hid in the city, and they said, man, we've got to pray about this. What's going to happen? What do we need to do in this situation? And sometimes we, we feel that urge, don't we? We, we see all these people arrayed against us. We think, how am I ever going to succeed? And our first instinct is, I'm going to go hide. If you're going to do that, do it like Hezekiah, where you go hide with your friends who know the Lord, and you begin to pray about stuff. Don't go off by yourself in the wilderness and think, oh God, nobody remembers me. Nobody's going to fight with me. So they barricaded themselves inside the city of Jerusalem. And they began to pray. And Sennacherib, he sent trash talkers. Come on, we see it all the time in sports and they're, they're yapping at each other. That's exactly what Sennacherib did. He sent some commanders from his army to go stand outside the wall of Jerusalem and tell them, hey, you're all going to die. Come on, have you ever felt like that? You hear all the voices coming at you in life. Hey, God's not going to come through for you. This situation's more hopeless than anybody else has ever been in. You should just give up. Come on, have we ever heard those voices? If you've heard them, you know the voices I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you're crazy and you're hearing voices in your head. You know the voices I'm talking about. People and urges and thoughts that come to you that say, hey, you better just give up. God's not going to come through. That's exactly what Sennacherib did. He sent these guys to stand outside the wall and say, God's not going to deliver you. You're all good as dead. And if it wasn't bad enough, uh, as them talking to them, they actually began to speak in the people's own language. They, they spoke in Hebrew so that all the people in the city would understand what they were saying. So this looks really bad on the surface. They've come and they begin to say these things. God can't do anything about your circumstances. He's forgotten you. And Hezekiah, in the midst of it all, an ordinary guy, just, just over 25 years old, ruling this land, he remembered that he was a hero. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verses 7 and 8, this is what he says when he gathers the people together. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with him. 
Come on, some of us need to say that to ourselves sometimes, and we need to be saying it to each other. There is a greater power with us than there is with him. Any of those voices you've been hearing, the lies of the enemy, the things that come to try to discourage you, there is a greater power with us than there is out in the world. And he reminds the people, he says, man, we're going to do this. In verse 8, he's talking about the king of Assyria. He says, with him is only the arm of the flesh. Come on, Sennacherib is a mere human. With him is only the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. This is the the truth I want to get you today. What do heroes do? One of the things that heroes do is they fill people with courage. You can be a hero to somebody today just by filling them with courage. The world is full of discouragers, but we are called to be encouragers. There's something that we need because if you go out in the world and tell everybody your situation, if you go talk to a group of non-Christians and say, this is what's happening in my life, what do I do? You are going to get discouraged. They are going to give you some advice like, oh man, you should go talk to a lawyer, you should pack it in, you should, you should just give up. We are called to be encouragers because that's what heroes do. And in this story, Hezekiah remembered that he was a hero and he filled the people with courage. He reminded them, God is with us. He's on our side. He can deliver us no matter what the battle is we're facing and the foe that has come against us. We are to remind each other, especially in this room. Come on, I'm I'm talking to the, the believers, the family of God this morning, especially in this room. We need to remind each other that we're not mere humans. It's it's like if, if Superman had a buddy to remind him that was Superman. It would be like if he got knocked on the head. He's got his Clark Kent glasses on. He thinks he's a newspaper reporter. Oh, I'm just a newspaper reporter here at the Daily Planet. And he needs somebody to tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, Clark, don't forget, that's not your real identity. Who you really are is Superman. You can leap tall buildings in a single bound. You're faster than a speeding bullet. We need somebody to come along inside of us sometimes and say, Hey, you need to remember you're not just Pam. You are a child of God. You are formed and fashioned in the image of Jesus and his spirit lives inside you and he's continuing to work on you. You may not be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, but you can pray for the sick. You can share the gospel with people. You can destroy the work of the devil in people's lives because Jesus lives in you and that's exactly what heroes do is they remind each other who we really are. They fill each other with courage. Man, when people encourage me, they're heroes to me. I'm going through life. I'm, I'm the same as you guys. I am, I'm about maybe 16 inches taller than you at the moment off the floor because I'm staying on this platform, but I'm the same as you guys. There are situations that I look at in the world and I'm thinking, how is this ever going to work out? I don't even know what to do in that situation. And when somebody comes alongside of me and and says, man, you've got this. God's with you. Let me pray with you. Let me stand with you. Let me me believe with you. You know, those people are heroes to me. That's right. Because we all need them in our lives, and we can all be that to somebody else. Don't disqualify yourself from being a hero, because Jesus lives in you. And you've got something that the people next to you need. By the way, here's the end of the story. 
Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah were praying together. They were encouraging the people. And in 2 Chronicles 32, verse 21, it says, The Lord sent an angel who annihilated. Everybody say annihilated. That's an awesome word. That's like what Steve talked about in communion this morning, that Jesus crushed the head of the devil. It says he annihilated the enemy forces that were standing against them, the fighting men, the leaders, the officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. So the king of Assyria withdrew to his own land in disgrace, and when he went into the temple of his God, some of his sons cut him down with the sword. Come on. Not only did those voices get silenced, they got annihilated. It says there's there's the other passage of scripture that talks about this story it says the angel of the Lord went out and 185,000 Assyrians died in their camp. Come on. Here's this whole army arrayed against you and God fighting battles on our behalf. All, all we had to do was encourage each other and pray and say, hey, let's stand together. Let's believe God for this. Let's see what our part is and God is going to do the rest. Come on, I'm, I'm not saying there, there aren't times to do something. You know, I don't think we're called to sit on our hands and not use our brain. There are times God gives you strategies and steps you need to take. But the key that it all starts with is we're going to encourage each other and remind ourselves that God is with us. Yeah. And who is with us is mightier than who's out in the world arrayed right. against us. Right. So you are heroes this morning. We all are heroes and we get to do that in our lives where we go. So this is, this is our assignment this week. Uh, this is what I would like you to do is find one person in your life that needs to be encouraged. Find one person this week that needs to be filled with courage, that needs a reminder of like, hey, we can, we can pray about this. God is with us. We're, we're believers. We, we can see Jesus do something on our behalf. I, I think, I, uh, just in my own life and the circle of people that I know, I'm pretty sure that if we went around this room and said, hey, give us one person in your life that you know is discouraged right now, we could all probably come up with a list right off the top of our head because it's real life and people are discouraged and they need to know, they need to know there's a hero that they know that can come and fill them with courage to face what's going on in their lives. Find someone, just one, one person this week to fill them with courage. Let's go ahead and stand together this morning. That's, that's your homework for after you leave today. Find one person to fill with courage this week. But here's, I'm going to give you one last assignment before we even leave this building today. Uh, the chalk wall in the foyer says extraordinary hero. And it's got a cape fluttering in the breeze that conveniently is the right height that you could stand in front of it and have someone take your picture on your phone and remind yourself this week, God's called me to be an extra ordinary hero. So before you leave today, if, you, if, you, if you're even questioning in your mind, do I have what it takes? Could, who could I possibly be a hero for? Get somebody to take your picture in front of that chalk wall this morning and look at it this week to remind you, hey, I'm supposed to fill somebody with courage this week. I have what it takes because Jesus lives inside of me.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together this morning. Thank you for your presence among us. Thank you for your life inside of us. Even as we took those communion elements this morning and remembered you, I thank you that what you did on that cross and when you walked out of that grave, you annihilated the enemy. You crushed the head of the serpent. Of all the enemies that could ever come against us, you've already secured the victory. God, remind us of that this week as we go through life, as we're tempted to get discouraged, as we see the news and see what's going on in our relationships, in our workplaces. Lord, remind us that we are full of your life and that we carry you to the world. Lord, let us be ones. Let us be heroes that would fill the people around us with courage, that would be encouragers to remind people that you are able, Lord God, that you have our heart in your hand, that you have our worries and our fears, that you take them off of us. And you fill our lives with your power. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, your resurrection power, your immense power, your God power that is said in Ephesians. You fill us with that. Lord, thank you for that good news. Let us be ones that carry it well to the world around us. Lord, as, as we go from this place today, I thank you that we go full of the power and the might of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that your favor's on us everywhere that we go, that, that just the, the radiance of your face shines on us at all times, that the things that we put our hands to succeed because you are with us. God, we give you the glory and the honor for what you're doing in our lives. We ask that you would continue to do more of it so that the world would know how good you are and that our lives would be a testimony to you. In Jesus' name, amen.